0: Hello and welcome to a special Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, July the 24th. My colleague Peter Hayward has been in Cape Town, South Africa at the International AIDS Society meeting this week. And in this special podcast, we'll hear the thoughts of three experts that Peter has interviewed. In order, they are Alan Whiteside, Nathan Ford and Stefan Avella to get their thoughts on how the meeting went and what the priorities are for the HIV AIDS community in the future.
1: Professor Alan Whiteside of the Health Economics and HIV AIDS research division at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in Durban.
2: So I wonder if you could tell me what your views are of the conference as it's been and if there are any particular highlights that you can pick out for me.
1: I think it's been a remarkably successful conference and I would begin by saying that the logistics have been superb. It's been wonderful to walk around the centre and not be pushed and shoved and so on so that's been really great. It's also had fairly uh, very high registrations which as the treasurer of the IAS, I have to say, I'm also very pleased about. But that's the logistics, not the science. So so what about the science? There were some real highlights for me. One of them was around the question of the role of HIV and AIDS in strengthening health systems, and a feeling here that the division between health systems and HIV-AIDS and other global health initiatives is just not the case. There isn't that. It's a manufactured division. The second, which for me was a highlight, was the idea that you can have children breastfeed, which we know is so important, and give each child a dose of Nevirapine every day, and then you have safe breastfeeding. So for me, that was an aha moment.
2: And the topic of access has come up quite a lot throughout Mm -hmm. the conference. It's been one of the sort of pervading themes that as we strive towards Mm -hmm. universal access, that doesn't seem to be being achieved and where it is being achieved, Mm -hmm. it's with drugs that we wouldn't necessarily Mm -hmm. use elsewhere in the world, but
1: in South Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, they're still being used as part of this access. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you had any thoughts on that? I think I would take a slightly different view on on the access question from most people at this meeting who've said it's about getting the money in place and getting the money flowing. And I'm not going to deny that money isn't important. Of course it is. But I think what we need to understand is the whole systems that are involved in delivering access. What we're seeing in many countries around the region is treatment interruptions, and it's not because there aren't people on the ground, it's because there aren't people to do the tendering. There aren't the planners in the Ministry of Health to ensure that the pipelines are operational so that the drugs actually get to the clinics. So I do believe that we've been successful in raising money we have huge questions around human resources particularly if we scale up and we also need to understand the concept of drugs getting purchased and then finally delivered. Okay then just briefly I wonder if you have any single thought that you'll take away from this conference or what this conference should inspire us to do next? This is the first time I've been to the Pathogenesis Conference. And what was really striking for me, this being my first time I've come to the Pathogenesis Conference, was how much I understood and how, by listening to scientists, I gained. And I can only hope that scientists will take the same attitude with regard to social science, whether it be politics, anthropology or economics, because we are all in this together.
2: Thank you very much for your time.
0: Nathan Ford. I'm the head of the medical unit for Médecins Sans frontier in South Africa. Brilliant. Okay. So, if you could just tell me
2: maybe what you thought have been the major themes of this conference and mm-hmm. any of the major highlights that particularly
0: stuck out for you. This is the first time the IAS conference has included a track on operational research and it's, it's really important because there's a lot of questions around delivery of antiretroviral care in resource limited settings which either can't be answered by or can't wait for a randomised controlled trial and many of the programme implementers in these high prevalence settings have to get on with the job in the absence of good evidence and, and and from their experiences are being generated operational research data that that need to be shared across programs so it's fantastic they've got this track and, and my understanding is that will continue in other IAS conferences. I think the main theme of this conference for me is the emerging disconnect between science and practical reality. The science is saying start antiretroviral treatment earlier, improve the first-line regimens you're using, which means using more costly drugs, think about doing viral load to be able to switch to second-line or even third-line regimens, improve the quality of care we're providing people with HIV. But the practical realities are that in this region, we've we've ex- seen a number of countries that have experienced drug stockouts. We're hearing rumors of certain countries stopping enrollments onto treatment, and we're certainly a long, long, way away from governments being able to afford the earlier initiation with better drugs and there's a big funding gap from what is promised from PEPFAR, the Global Fund and others and what's actually being dispersed and the gap between the overall pot of money that's there and what we really need to do the job. So there's a big tension at this conference where you see in one room, randomised controlled trial data being presented from Haiti, showing that there's a fourfold difference in life expectancy between people starting treatment early and people starting treatment late And then in the room next door, you have economic projections showing that there will be a $10 billion funding gap in the next few years if if we don't find more money. Given that theme, what do you think we need to do, having noticed that problem, noticed the difference between Mm. what science is telling us Mm. and and what the practical realities are? What do you think we can learn from seeing that at this conference, and how can we move forward? Mm. It's a difficult question because you have the global economic crisis which of course is forcing everyone to tighten their belts, but then you also have what is described as the AIDS backlash with various other health groups criticising the AIDS funding up till now as being overfunded compared to other priorities like maternal child health and and that more money should go into health system strengthening and, and so there's several different critiques emerging against the funding of the continued expansion of AIDS funding. Personally, I would like us to stick with the science and not try to fit the science around the money that's available. Now, a health economist or a rigorous cost-effectiveness analyst would probably argue differently, but I just don't think that if we know we're doing a bad job because of the threshold for initiation. If we know that we're giving people drugs that are too toxic and would never be given to an HIV positive patient who arrived at a clinic in the West, I just don't think we can accept that. And and the job of people involved in caring for people with HIV AIDS in in Africa has to be to advocate for the best quality care according to the evidence and not to fit the guidelines around the money we have but to make sure that the guidelines fit the evidence we have and to go to the funders and ask for the money that, that we
3: require to implement those guidelines. Stefano Vella, I, am, I work at the Italian National Instituto of Health. It's yeah. called Instituto Superiore di Sanità.
2: I'd just like to find out from you how you found the conference and what you think have been the main themes running through it and what have been particular strong points of this conference.
3: Um, I think that this conference has the strong point to be unique because it bridges the north and the south, which sometimes doesn't happen, let's say, at the Croix. During which we also speak of the south, mm. but it's not a, a main part. Yeah. I think the Croy, although very good conference, is a is a northern conference, yeah. which is needed. By the by the way, the international AIDS conferences, the big ones, are more political, social, vocacy, still very important because there we mobilize souls and politics. So it's 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 good these bridges in a sense the north and the south in terms of we saw the recent advancements in northern therapeutics and basic science but with an an eye on on the issue of access Mm. to these tools yeah. in the south so I think it was very good
2: yeah access has been a sort of particularly common theme throughout a lot of the talks there's obviously a deficit in access that's been highlighted many times around
3: this conference yeah. and, and what do you
2: think sort of I this think conference there is a has revealed?
3: I think that what emerged I don't know if many took this point but for me it was important and this will be I hope the theme of the Rome conference because I, I'll, I'll be che- sharing the 2011 in Rome mm. and what I think is needed. What I will also say tonight is that we need to move, despite the financial crisis, to a next step in access, which means we we went through ten years of emergency plan where we had to put patients on treatment, work for mother-to-child transmission interruption and care, etc. But we need to stop this issue of two tracks let's say, Class A therapeutics for the North and Class B, C therapeutics in the South, which, because this is what happened, actually. And I think the future is that there is one treatment. That's it. Of course, it has to be adapted to local situations. We cannot just parachute the treatment we use in the North, which is actually exaggerated in terms of individualized therapy, yeah. etc. We exaggerate with monitoring we do too many things. But it yeah. is classical of the North. This is a, a classic mistake. We, we measure our PSA every two months, you know. Mm. So that's that's a mistake. So we don't need to exaggerate as we do sometimes in the North. But the standard should be the same. So we cannot have here the drugs that we discarded. Of course, this needs an additional resources and mobilization. But it's the only way we can have a sustained effect. If we continue with so-and-so treatments, then it will be a catastrophe because patients will fail, second line will be more expensive and third line even more expensive. And we have this proof in the North that without the new drugs we would have lost some of the patients because you cannot fail ten times. So that's my point of view. I think we need to... The standard of care is the standard of care. There are not two worlds. Many thanks to Peter and all the contributors. See you next time.